This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. Every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food in Malaysia, from speaking to chefs and restaurateurs about their restaurants, to exploring the origins of certain dishes, to geeking out over tasty discussions with food friends or experts. On this week's show, in light of the latest pandemic developments in Malaysia, I'm taking this opportunity to reach out and share about food businesses or organizations that are doing good for the community through food. With these tough times upon us all, it's increasingly important to provide help and food aid to those in need around us. So if you have the capacity to do so, I would urge you to get involved wherever you can. It's a crucial time for us to all band together. And so for the upcoming weeks, I'll be using this show, this platform, to shout out a few places that are making a positive impact on our community. For today's episode, we'll hear from Daniel Tio from BG Bumi Durian a social enterprise that is working with Orang Asli communities to bring their durians to wider renown in Malaysia. For Daniel, what began as a volunteering trip to an Orang Asli village seven years ago turned into a full-fledged mission to bring more awareness to these communities through trips, conversations, and most recently, through their durians. So I hope you enjoy our conversation, and if you have the means to do so, do support BG Bumi Durian. Hi Daniel, welcome onto the show. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time. Okay, so I think today's topic might be of particular interest to a lot of Malaysians because we are talking about our beloved fruit after all, durian. Um, but the way you approach durian and, and the way BG Bumi Durian approaches this fruit is, is very different. So uh, just to start, tell us about uh, BG Bumi Durian and what you do. Sure, sure. So, uh, hi everyone, my name is Daniel. I'm the founder of Fiji Bumi Durian. And what we do is essentially we, we bring you durians, like our Malaysian gem, straight from Orang Asli communities, where we aim to be the first and foremost uh, indigenous brand of durians here in Malaysia, where we aim to support local communities, while also giving you the taste of how durians were meant to be. Mm, yeah, so so I think what makes BG Bumi Durian stand out is that connection with the Orang Asli communities and, and how you guys bring all these pretty unknown or, or very niche durian types to the Malaysian public. But let's start from the beginning. Like, How did this whole journey begin for you? Ah, sure. Well, it actually goes way back. Like, um, I think my first encounter with Orang Asli was when I was maybe... I don't know, like 20, that was like seven, almost seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I went on like a volunteering trip of sorts um, to an Orangasi community. And that's when I first uh, met the Orangasi people. Before that, you know, I just read like one page about them in my Sejarah textbook, which really, <laughs> which really doesn't tell you much, lah, to, be, to be honest. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. and um, I think something that really stood out to me was like how uh, different they were than what I was told. Different in a great way. Like, they were really unique. They were really hospitable. And I really enjoyed my time with them. And uh, eventually, I started this organization called Native, which um, did tourism with the Orang Asli, essentially. 
where we wanted to give people a first-hand experience, right? Because the same way that I went into the RNC community and had this like mind-opening kind of experience, I wanted other people to have that as well. And um, I think that's when I also started to notice that Durans were a big part of RNC culture where every year they would essentially um, call me over and say, hey man, like I've got 20 kilos of Durans for you. Like because you're my oh, friend, wow. like come and enjoy. Like these are something special. Oh, wow. Uh, and Yeah, that sounds like such a special experience. Yeah, yeah, it was. It definitely was. And I think um, what, what's interesting as well is I used to be quite adverse to Durant. But the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, wow. which is quite interesting, right? And I think it was when the Orang Asi first gave me my first batch of Durant, like so many years after telling my parents, no, no, that I don't want to have Durant. <laughs> <laughs> and because it was like a token, it was a token of friendship. And of course I ate it and I realized that I actually really, really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. do you remember that, that first taste of this durian and, and what was special about it? Um, I think I like, to be fair, I don't really have a benchmark of like when I ate it when I was like 12. <laughs> but I think, for, I think for me, it was just like, it was very inviting, I suppose. I, I suppose the whole scenery of it as well, right? We were like all seated around, um, around uh, his name is Faisal. We were seated around his house. And then he came over like with this big basket of durians and was like, hey, like, let's open some. So I think just the whole like sensory experience of it was already really special. And when you crack open that first durian, right, when the smell hits you, it's like pungent yet sweet, right, and inviting. And I think um, where the expectation was that maybe it would not taste so great. But yeah, it was actually really sweet, really like creamy, very smooth. Right. And I didn't really feel too much of like, you know, they always warn you about the yit hey. <laughs> I didn't really feel too much of that either. Right, right. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, I think, I think the whole durian industry, I feel, in, in Malaysia has been heading towards like the direction of Musang King, you know? Like Musang King is, seems like, oh, it's a king of durians. It's the creamiest, richest, and everyone is clamoring for Musang King. And, and with that in mind, all these durian kampong or this durian that's grown by orang asli communities they often get sidelined right hmm. and so i was wondering like when you first had that durian right did, did anything run through your mind in terms of like oh this durian is so much different from what malaysians are used to in terms of uh its texture or taste um well for me i think i before that i've had like musang king maybe once or twice you know, like, and of course, like, Musang King is very distinct, right? It's, like, really strong yellow, really strong, like, flavor, like, it's bittersweet, that kind of thing. But when I had the ones in the Orang Asi Kampung, it made me wonder, um, how come it's seen as such an inferior right, uh, product, yeah. right, to the Musang King? Because I felt like it's different, sure, like, I, I acknowledge that, but it's not any worse. Like, it's just as good in a different way. So why, why did we create this image for it that it is the cheap durian, right? when actually it takes a lot more effort um, to cultivate it in the mm. sense that it's natural, you really have to respond to nature, right? To be able to get this kind of durian. Mm. Yeah, and actually these durian plants or durian trees, they are, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were grown by these Orang Asli communities from like decades ago. And, and so it's almost like a generational thing for them, is it? Uh, yes, that's correct. So if you ask, um, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask, like any new like Orang Asi guy that or woman that I meet, especially when they have when I know they do durians, is who gave you your trees? Ah. And the most popular answer is always my grandma. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because it seems to be a, a cultural thing as well, right? Where the Orang Asi pass down trees as like a form of like asset. 
um, to their um, next generation, even like the growers today, like whenever, you know, we talk about the future, they always talk about how I want to plant durian trees for my son, for my daughter. Mm. And I feel like it's quite, it's quite special in that way. It means a lot. Mm. And yeah, where is this Orang Asli community that you lies with or, or are they like spread out throughout um, the country? So the main one we work with is in Hulu Slango. So not too far, maybe about an hour out from KL. Mm. And so how many durian trees do they have there? Oh, so it's, it's not it like is... a farm, is it? It's, it's, it's like, it's almost like the durian trees are, are wild and within nature. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a bad way to put it, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I would say it's not like they're wild. They are wild. <laughs> they are mm. in nature. Uh, so most of the trees are actually close to forest reserves. They're in secondary rainforests. So they really grow like next to the river, next to other trees. Mm. And when you enter, it's really like a forest. And in fact, like it's uh, like some of the areas are like popular recreational forests and people don't really know that it's actually full of durian trees. So this particular community, I would say they easily have hundreds across oh, wow. the, enti- the entire like um, forest. But of course, it spans like hundreds of acres as well. Mm. And and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just really curious about all these durian varieties that they have there. So out of the hundred or so, right? Like I see on your site and, and on your social media that you classify these durians into a few different types so you have like durian batu durian daun matahari are these names given by the orang asli communities ah so yes i would say some are given by the orang asli communities but some are also uh, more common names uh, more well known throughout malaysia i guess maybe not to urban folk so, so for example like the durian daun right, it's really special because it's really small you can hold it in the palm of your hand it's a true indigenous durian. And when I say that, like, um, when you eat it, right, it almost tastes like a mix of, like, uh, bananas. It's like a, a durian with the soul of a champudak, right? Oh, wow. A banana. So it tastes really different. So it's like an indigenous durian. But if you were to Google durian down, you would find, like, a huge variety of those as well. Ah. So it's just that the orang asli know that one as durian down, but someone else in, like, Kelantan might call it something else, for example. While, like, the durian batu, that one is an orang asli given name. In fact, like, in this one particular community as well, if you go to another community and say durian batu, they might not know what you're referring to at all. But it's because it's named after a certain uh, feature of the tree, for example. So it's like, for the durian batu in particular, it's this really old tree that grows through a rock, and it's the only one. So that's what makes it uh, special, right? And because the fruit from there is also quite distinct, it's really big when you open it, like, it's like it's like the even the ulas right are like big rocks inside as well. <laughs> so that's where they gave it its name. Oh right, right. So so durian batu in this case it refers to this one particular tree. Like the yeah. durians from this one tree only. Yes, that's correct. Oh, I see. Right. Before we continue our conversation, we are going to take a quick break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Breaking Bread. Let's pick up where we left off. I've been speaking with Daniel Thiel from BG Bumi Durian. We've been talking about how Daniel first got in touch with the Orang Asli communities and about all the different durian varieties that these Orang Asli grow. But now we're turning our focus to the business side of things, talking about how Daniel runs BG Bumi Durian. 
so all these all these durians since the orang aslis they have so much of these durians have they tried like selling them before or were they always you know for their own consumption o- over the years oh um yeah no they they definitely sell them mm-hmm. i think for their own consumption there's way too much man <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so uh, i think maybe over like last few decades they tend to either sell it um themselves so they open like garage by the side of the road um within like their hulu slangor itself and people yeah and people come down like the first time i um, wanted to start working with them last year for durians like i had to line up to talk to the guy oh wow <laughs> there was like a long line all the way but of course this was like you know when malaysia had like one case uh fighting covid so there was like a long line leading into his house i had to wait outside <laughs> i had to fight with other people to get durians yeah oh so, my god <laughs> so they're actually quite well known quite popular um but i think most of their sales actually happens to like you know like all the talkers that come and buy like four ringgit a kilo but i'll take everything you have mm, yeah. right so compared to those like you're saying those talkers that come in and, and buy almost like wholesale how is bg bumi durian different Sure. So I think for us as well, I think where like one way where we're different is that our guests don't really acknowledge um, the different grades, right, of durian available. They see everything as just durian kampung, so yeah. everything is that cheap variety. But for us, like we take that time to get to know the growers, um, know what trees the durians come from, and we also, of course, we try them, right? So we know that they're different, and from there we also discuss like different values for it. So we do pay you differently based on the grade of durians as well, mm. and I think easily we pay double to triple of what a talker would pay them in wholesale because we want to also show them that we acknowledge that these durians are worth more than people tell you this, right? So I think even from a business perspective, we're different already um, in that way. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a key key feature actually, and also like operationally, we do involve the orang asli as well. So a lot of the packing is actually done in the village where we also try to, like, um, we use compostable packaging, for example. So we also try to uh, work with the orang asli, you know, to change that habit of going to plastic because it's cheap, right? Because you want to take care of the earth. So it's really to work with them in that way as well. Right, right. And so is there a percentage cut or commission that, that you give to the orang asli communities out of the retail price of your durian? Um, so, so the number kind of fluctuates, right? Because the price of every durian is different, like every grade. But um, so right now we just have this spreadsheet where we're tracking like how much goes to the growers. Right. Yeah, and right now for every one ringgit of sales, like fifty cents goes straight to the growers. Mm. Yeah. So right. at least like a fifty percent definitely goes to the growers. Like that's directly into their pockets. Right. Yeah, which is really encouraging to hear because they said like compared to um a lot of the more wholesale durian buyers. Often, like durian kampung is like the cheapest grade of of durian, and and you see, like, it's almost like a almost like a gamble, right? Whenever you buy durian kampung, there's like a mix of like dozens of different varieties in there, and you might get a good one, you might get a bad one. But what you're doing here is, you know, grading them and separating them and saying like, oh, this one has certain value. This one, if you like a more creamy one, maybe you go for this different variety of durian. And I think that's a that's a really good thing you're doing. So I was just wondering, like. Have you had any feedback from the Orang Asli community in terms of um, more people wanting to join on this Bijibumi durian? It's almost like a program or initiative in a sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you have you gotten more uh, Orang Asli folks wanting to join on? Uh, yeah, definitely. So actually, we work with one um, guy. His name is Yikwet. Uh It's a Chinese name, but he's Asli. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story behind <laughs> that one. Maybe to explore some other time, but. 
uh, he helps us coordinate everything like locally because he's based there. So actually we work with all our growers through him. So like through us as well, like more growers are able to reach the market, right? For better prices. So definitely people want to sell to us. But right now, like, of course, we're still growing our demand, right? So I would say like, there's definitely more durians than we can sell right now. There's more growers than mm. we, can, we can sell. Mm. How about on the consumer side of things? What's the general consensus or general feedback that you get from, from people you sell the durians to? Oh, I think, I think it's been quite positive, actually. I think, you know, it's also a gamble, right? Like to try to uh, grade it differently, to try to rebrand the idea that durian kampongs actually are mm. different. Like they're not all the same. They're not, it's not what you've been told. And I think it's very encouraging to know that the feedback has been positive. I think people really enjoy knowing that you, where the durian comes from. I think that's one. That's the element of it. So you know that, you know, I, I think the term that I heard from one of our uh, clients who was like a researcher for durians was saying that now blood durians is a thing, right? It's like blood diamonds where mm. land is claimed to grow like Wusang <laughs> King. So it's great to know that this aren't blood durians, for example. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is a that's a important uh yeah, that's a very important distinction there. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I feel like a lot of Malaysians they're very I mean, I am guilty of this as well in that we are quite like detached from the struggles of all these like orang asli communities, right? And so since you have a closer connection with them, I was just wondering like over the over the past year, year and a half over the pandemic, how has their livelihood been affected? Yeah, I think it's definitely been tough for them, mainly because many of them work odd jobs, right? For those who, especially those around Selangor. But I think this is a like peninsular Malaysia-wide issue, where because they work odd jobs, a lot of their um, employers are either going out of work themselves or are trying to cut costs. So they themselves lose like access to their livelihoods. I think also um, there are some communities, which is true, where they are lucky enough to have access to the forest so they can still like live subsistence lives. Mm-hmm. But that's not true for many Orangasi communities who have lost that access as well. So they definitely struggle with meeting like their daily um, necessities and needs. And I think um, like the education gap between like Orangasi children living in rural areas and your average Malaysian child is also quite huge already. Mm. So imagine when everything goes digital online, yeah. that gap has also become bigger. But it's also encouraging to know that um, I, I do think a lot of NGOs, social enterprises, or even like your everyday citizen, I think more people are growing to care. I think not as much as there should be. Everyone should care. But I think the number of people who are trying to do something are increasing as well. So at least there's that aid. Mm, yeah. And so with what you're doing with Native uh, Discovery and, and also with PG Bumi Durian, uh, I'm sure it's really like helping out the community a lot. But for the average Malaysian, the Malaysian public, how can we help or contribute to your efforts? Right. So I think, of course, the most direct way is to come on a tour when you can, like <laughs> when, when we can go out again, for example, if native. Or you can also just buy durians through us. I think that's a very direct way of interacting with us. Mm. Or, or if you really feel like, oh, maybe I don't feel like spending money right now. I think it's also just to um, learn, learn about the wrong Asli. And there are many ways, like even, you know, um, recently there are issues with um, land rights happening in many different villages. Even learning about them and sharing, I think, creates certain pressures that help protect their land as well. And I, I think doing things like that, it costs you nothing except to educate yourself, right? And I think that it's already very helpful. 
Mm, yeah, I think the education part is is really something that is currently lacking. Like like you said in the beginning, it's like what you learn in school and the reality when when you go there and visit their kampongs is like two very different things. And yeah, I think education will definitely help a lot of that. But also mm. the more, I guess the more appealing um, target here is the Orangasi durians that you're selling and yeah, I, I I saw like a few of your durians are already sold out. So I'm going to wait for the next batch of uh, durian batu. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> but uh, f- yeah, for those who are interested in, in buying your, your durians, where can people find you? Yep. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bijibumi Durian. Or you can go straight to our website, which is www.bijibumidurian.com. And you can find all our varieties there and even a bit more about the growers that we work with. Mm, yeah, cool. Do you have any final words for people out there? It could be about durians, about orang asli. Yeah, just your uh, chance to plug. Yeah, sure. I, I would really um, ask people to challenge what you know about uh, the, the orang asli and durians. I think, you know, um, the orang asli as well, a lot of people um, think of them as, you know, a marginalized community. And of course, I, I acknowledge that reality. But actually, they are also really dignified people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that they contribute to Malaysia. So I also would say, you know, think about it like, and how you can get to know them better and also invite them to be part of society in the same way that, you know, the Kampong Durian is the underdog, right? But actually, it's where all the other Durians came from. If you mm. think about it, it all traces back. And that's what it really means to be Indigenous, right? To acknowledge that. Oh, that is a great parallel. It's almost like we are all also like influenced by them. Like we came, this land all came from them. And just like all the durians that we love today, it came from all this like durian kampung and, and it's almost like the indigenous durians. Mm. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for sharing and, and thank you for what you're doing for the Orangasi community. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And I hope that, you know, we'll all be able to visit the Orangasi again soon. That is all for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. And as I shared in the intro, in the coming weeks, I'm using the show to highlight food businesses and organizations around town that are doing good for the community. If you know an organization or someone you'd like to see appear on the show, feel free to reach out to us. But meanwhile, I hope all of you have been doing okay and eating okay as well. This is Jun signing off. You've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.